fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. It is another day in paradise the way it is each and every day. Hey, welcome into the broadcast. This is the Voice of Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station all over the country on radio and TV plus the live stream and podcast as well. Your millennial general reporting for duty. Thanks for hanging out with us today. On a Super Tuesday, the post-Monday celebration, the greatest day of the entire week. And boy, do we have a show lined up for you today. Hopefully you enjoyed our show yesterday as you do every single day. I enjoyed the chat yesterday. I thought it was fun, a little bit deeper, a little bit different. Something we usually don't get into. But you miss one day. One day you miss. And there's so much topical like new age, I guess, day-to-day activities, current events that we miss that we just got to play catch-up today. Although I'm not going to bore you. With the same old talk that you've been hearing all day long on all the other shows. Although important, it drives me a little nuts. Hey, guess what? Here's my take on the shooting that happened with the police officer. Shouldn't have happened. Grabbed the wrong wrong weapon. Was an accident. But yet, totally could have been avoided. Like every other shooting that that happened that makes national news could have been avoided if they weren't on drugs. If they weren't like trying to resist arrest. And if they weren't trying to not show any type of respect wild concept end of story we don't need to spend an entire hour talking about it we do have david morgan coming on the program at the bottom of the hour looking forward to that one he's the chief editor for the morgan report also co-author of the book second chance how to make and keep big money from the coming gold and silver shockwave we'll be talking about the economy which is one of my favorite things to talk about as you know with the spending increases at the federal level the u.s economy government spending where we're going to be and can we survive this economic turmoil that we're in with a potentially three trillion dollar infrastructure plan massive tax increases going on the covid stimulus packages extension of the unemployment programs now we hear the news about a potential student loan forgiveness executive order coming from joe biden that uh her yours truly pocahontas elizabeth warren is working with a uh, sit-down with the president today to try and make him push for an executive order there. So we'll get to all that in just a little bit. But you ever have one of those people, and I've met a lot of these individuals, especially on social media. They love it on social media. But I'm sure you've seen them, maybe a family member, maybe a coworker, maybe the ones in the office, somebody where they, they take a stance on something and they know they're wrong, and then they find an excuse or something comes up to where they kind of just just center around that one as their scapegoat. Oh, yeah, okay, that one. That's what's going on. That's why my predictions didn't happen. That's why what I said didn't actually come true. That's why I gave you misinformation because look at over here. And they just kind of um, try to bypass their own mishaps for something else and try and blame it on somebody else. Like the scapegoat is what they like to use. That's kind of what's happening with the COVID virus, with the vaccine right now, isn't it? As we talk about the latest and what's trending. What's trending today? What's trending today is, as you know, earlier today, the U.S. government, the CDC, the FDA, along with other countries around the world, ended up putting a quote-unquote pause. I love that term, the pause, on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine in a blow, according to the Associated Press, in a blow to vaccine drives. A pause. We're not ending it. We're not stopping it. It's just a pause. Now, this is happening 
literally about a month after we started getting reports of blood clots in the United Kingdom. I don't know if you remember those stories or not, because they didn't really make a whole lot of media here in the United States. But about a month ago, it was right about a month ago now, there were stories of individuals coming out. Uh, a couple of them had died. One or two had died. Uh, numerous individuals that had had blood clots from taking the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The families were suing the governments in the United Kingdom, saying you can't give this out any longer because that's what's causing the blood clots. And if you remember, there were the people that said, in the government especially, the health organizations especially said, uh-uh, it wasn't caused from the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. They completely denied it. They ignored it. They put on the blinders and said, nope, continue to distribute it, continue to punch it out. All over the country. I think 1.6 million Johnson & Johnson vaccines have been distributed across the nation here in the United States. Now we have six cases of blood clots, one individual dead here in the country. Comparatively to the 1.6 million vaccines of the J&J vaccine that has been out, not that big of a deal, comparatively. But it just kind of reinforces the point that now all of a sudden... There's this big catastrophe. We need to pause. We need to investigate. We need to see what's going on because six people have gotten uh, these really rare, severe blood clots. One individual has actually died, and now it's a big concern. After a month of continuing to punch out these vaccines and someone saying right off the bat, like as soon as they came on the market, like, wait a second, I had a blood clot. There's blood clot issues going on. We need to be a little concerned about this. And they said, uh-uh, no, you're not. Now all of the hardcore vaccine advocates that are like you need to get this or else all of us are going to die which you know that you're out there you know it some of those hardcore advocates for the johnson uh, for the vaccine for really any of the vaccines um that are pushing it now they're trying to go back and say well you know okay it's still not as bad we just need to completely ignore that and just move on and continue to take these vaccines I've been saying if you want to get the vaccine, get the vaccine. If you don't want to get the vaccine, don't get the vaccine. I don't really care one way or the other. I'm not going to because guess what? There is zero risk factor in actually eating a healthy diet and actually taking exercise and taking vitamins and boosting your immune system by zinc and magnesium and D3 vitamins. And then you'll have a super healthy, strong immune system doing all of those things and you won't need to worry about it. And by the way, that's zero risk to you by doing those things. It's actually very encouraging for you to do something like that, but they don't like that. Then you mentioned the other word, the H word. Well, we're already banned on YouTube. Who really cares? Hydroxychloroquine. If you take that, which other nations had been doing already for malaria, and they have ridiculously low COVID-19 case numbers because they were taking these medicines that the uh, health officials had completely demonized and got rid of because why would you want to take a dollar pill to stop this or limit the exposure of this thing as opposed to getting a vaccine that's going to make the, uh, the big pharma millions and millions and millions of dollars? Just throwing it out there. Conspiracy theorist Andy, I guess. It's just kind of looking at the numbers and where it all goes. So we have the pause on the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. Now, health organizations all over the country at different state levels are saying, well, it's just a pause. It's not going to be that big of a deal. All we need to do is just reschedule a few of the clinics that are going on in these states that are actually punching this vaccine out. We'll switch it out with the Moderna or the Pfizer or whatever. We'll switch it out, and that way it'll be just fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about these things. It'll be back in a couple of days. Won't It won't be a big issue. And maybe it will. Maybe it will. The point that I've been making has just been there's a better way to do it to where there's zero risk factor by taking vitamins and being healthy and eating a good diet and uh, being exercise, doing my exercising and doing your thing. 
And just by doing that would boost your immune system to where COVID would be completely irrelevant to you. But again, that's something that they don't like. And that's probably why we're banned off of YouTube for the next two weeks because of medical misinformation. I know. But I want to take it to another level because you've heard that news. You're probably tired of hearing about COVID. You're probably tired about hearing about vaccines because that's been going on for the last year. But I want to take it one step further. Let's unveil the layers of the onion just a little bit more, shall we? There's a headline from MedicalExpress.com. COVID-19, not the sole cause of excess U.S. deaths in 2020. Say what? Again, this is from MedicalExpress.com. By the year 2017, the United States was already suffering more excess deaths and more life years lost each year than those associated with the COVID-19 pandemic in 2020, according to researchers from the dem- uh, demographers Samuel Preston of the University of Pennsylvania and Yana Yearboom of the Max Planck Institute for Demographic Research. In other words, we have terrible lifestyles in the United States. We have terrible... Uh, lifestyles or different daily routines and we don't take care of ourselves a whole lot which goes into the health health care debate that we could dabble into a little bit as well they want universal health care so that way you could sit at home and you could be 300 pounds and you could eat Doritos all day long and then when you have a heart issue then everybody else has to pay for it because you didn't take care of yourself that's the personal responsibility that I don't necessarily like when it comes to the uh, universal health care system the number one issue outside of the economic side as well, that it's just not feasible to do so. But we don't take care of ourselves. We would rather go through a drive-thru to get a a box of donuts as opposed to actually eating, like, fruit or something in the morning. We would, uh, unfortunately, and I'm guilty of this as well, being in a studio for 10 hours a day, is I don't get a whole lot of exercise. I don't get to get a lot of exercise. And when I do get out of the studio, I'm tired and I don't want to go exercise. I know a lot of people sit in an office and do that all day long as well. I'm not blaming anyone. I'm just saying that's my own damn fault. And I know that's my fault. So if I have bad uh, circulation issues because I don't stand up a lot and actually run or I don't have a good respiratory system because I don't run or do cardio, that's my own daggone fault. And I'm aware of that. We do not want to diminish, according to them, we don't want to diminish the tremendous losses due to COVID-19 in the U.S. elsewhere. Uh, They say it's just a helpful tool to put the U.S. mortality disadvantage into perspective. As in 2017, the United States suffered an estimated 401,000 total excess deaths. Those beyond the quote-unquote normal number within range of what they predict based on, you know, the number of individuals that are elderly or that may have medical issues, 401,000 excess deaths beyond the normal number. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention reported 376,504 deaths related to COVID-19 in 2020. So right around that same number, but they say it's not all COVID-19, which we've said for a long time. It makes complete sense. They say 500,000 people just over have died from COVID-19. That's not the case. That means that they, on their birth or on their death certificate, had COVID-19 as one of the symptoms with comorbidity. And yes, we are very well aware of what comorbidity, morbid, morbidity, thank you, actually is. If I can speak today, 
Comorbidity means that you may have had multiple issues. You could have had a respiratory issue and COVID made it worse and therefore you died from that. At the same time, you could have been hit by a bus when you were asymptomatic with COVID and they still put it on there as a comorbid death because we don't know those actual numbers because the government won't release those things to actually tell us what the real response is. So a virus that already is like 98.5% survivability, that 1.5 death rate, out of that death rate, we don't know what the actual death rate is that COVID has actually caused the death from. And they say out of those numbers, there's also other things as well that they're concerned about. In this last year, we've seen a lack of exercise because we've shut down all of the uh, gyms and workout places which is a concern. Now, not everybody went to those, but we can take that in for granted as well. They didn't get to work out as much. They weren't allowed to go outside because if we went outside, we would spread the virus and kill everybody. If we tried to eat healthy, you couldn't do that because you weren't supposed, they didn't tell you to eat healthy and take vitamins and do the natural thing to be healthy. They said, wear a mask and be very fearful and wait for a vaccine to come out before we're allowed to open anything up. We weren't allowed to go to the gyms. We weren't allowed to go running and go do our thing. You were stuck at home sitting on your couch. You were probably unemployed for a short period of time. Hopefully not, but you were sitting around at home waiting for something to happen, being fearful, and we're expected to say that that's not part of the the excess and deaths from people that may have suffered from, you know, depression or anxiety or concerns about their jobs or increasing crime or increase in, you know, the lack of properly eating. They, they're already talking about the, you know, the freshman 15, you gain 15 pounds your freshman year of college. Now we're talking about the 2020 20 because you gained 20 pounds over the last year sitting at home not being able to do a whole lot and that's not a contributor to the excess in deaths to tie this all into a nice little bow and kind of bring this full circle take the vaccine don't take the vaccine doesn't really matter be scared of covid don't be scared of covid doesn't really matter the point is there's more to the story but to continue that fear and that politics of fear those that like to really focus on this as the fear-based politics they're focusing on something like this and be like no don't worry about those other excess deaths everything anybody that died last year was because of the coronavirus voice of reason with andy hoosier Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss 
part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites, YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, Gerard. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Super Tuesday. We're trying to have a nice little theme for each day. Not sure what all of them are yet, but today is going to be a Super Tuesday, the post-Monday celebration, so welcome into it. Thanks for hanging out, radio and TV, plus we have the live stream of podcasting. You can find us all on our social media at Hoosier Reason. No, I in Hoosier, H-O-O-S-E-R, Reason. Also on the website at HoosierReason.com, but we're on Facebook. We're on... Now, our YouTube is kind of stagnant right now. We're banned on for two weeks on there. We'll see how long that lasts, and then we'll probably get banned altogether because we're on strike number two of three. So that's nice. We also have the Twitch.com or Twitch.tv. Twitch.tv, you can find us on there at Hoosier Reason. That's kind of the video feed, plus on Facebook a little bit, which I kind of realized why might help if I actually do that. It, it, I realize why it's difficult for us to actually get some followers on there is because when I put a video on Facebook for some reason, it only goes to friends. It doesn't go public to everybody, which is very strange to me. So I don't get so I have to go in and manually do that, which I just did. So maybe that'll help a little bit. But if you're on the Facebook, do me a favor to share that out or say hi and just break the algorithm. So we appreciate that as well. Plus, you can find us on, uh, let's see, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, LinkedIn, and the website at Who's Your Reason. I think that's all. I think, whatever. Uh, oh, on ourfreedombook.com as well. Ourfreedombook.com, kind of the new conservative social media site where you're not going to get banned. What a wild concept on that one. Real quickly, just wrapping up the COVID thing. I know you're tired of it. I know you're sick of it. But I do have some good news for you, which is rare in these times. There's a five to four vote from the Supreme Court lifting California's ban on group Bible studies in your home. Think about that for a second. There was a ban in California for you to go and do churchy, worshipy Bible study things in the privacy of your home because of COVID-19. It got taken to the U.S. Supreme Court. And guess what? The Supreme Court did say that that was unconstitutional and lifted that ban. It kind of reminds me of like, you know, in China where you hear about the ratings of like private homes and basements and bunkers where people like doing Bible study and worshiping and the government rated it because you're not allowed to do that. Not allowed to be Christian there. Mm -mm, Not allowed to do that. And that's what California was literally trying to do. Sorry, COVID, you're not allowed to go and worship. Not allowed. Now, you have the freedom of religion. And they say, well, just do a virtual. Just do a virtual. Totally cool for you to do a virtual. You're just not allowed to gather and get together. But that's my choice, and I want to, and I'll take the risk of that. Not allowed to do that. Luckily, the Supreme Court did come out and rule against that one. But a five to four, that should have been like nine to nothing. Should have been a very easy one done. You know, what does Joe Pag say? Pass the potatoes and move on. Uh, That's really uh, what should have happened with a nine to nothing vote. Yes, you are allowed to actually worship in your home if you choose to do so. But at least we made a right decision, just not necessarily the strongest of decisions that we've made. The court issued a five to four order near midnight on Friday last week, barring the enforcement of a state restriction that was due to expire on Thursday this week. Why it lasted that long? Gee, I don't know. 
But it did. So a week before it's set to expire, they finally said, okay, I guess you can start going into your home and actually having some type of church service or Bible study or something of that sort. The court's conservatives slammed the U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals for what they called an erroneous decision in favor of the state. Quote, this is the fifth time the court has summarily rejected the Ninth Court analysis of California's COVID restrictions on religious exercise. Guess what? California's starting to open up, which is wonderful news. And I know we have a lot of listeners in California uh, via the podcast right now. And so keep up the fight out there because you guys are kind of the experimental social experiment that we have right now of government really trying to do really, really, really dumb things at the county levels across the state and the state as a generality, and you guys are fighting. I don't know how you survive in California. I envy you for doing it. It's a beautiful state. I've been there one time, and I want to go back, but I can't go back with some of the craziness that goes on there. I love California, but they make some really ridiculous decisions. These are the same ones that try to find you and write citations if you actually have you know smoke coming out of your backyard from a grill because that's air pollution and it's a smell pollution or whatever the heck they try to call it so la shame on you for even having a decision like that in the state of california but good on you for fighting it keep up the fight liberty freedom limited government will prevail it's a hard fight and we always have to fight for it but at least you guys are making some right decisions so keep it up the voice of reason with andy hoosier Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Tuesday, Super Tuesday, a post-Monday celebration trying to rebrand the millennial generation, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Your millennial general making it happen the way we do each and every day halfway through the program already, and it makes me extremely sad. I think we just need more time. I don't Just throwing it out there. Just need more time. Shifts gears a little bit here. There is some major discussions uh, going on in Washington, D.C. right now with the Democrats controlling both chambers, essentially, with the Democrat administration going on right now. I don't know if you've noticed or not, but we're spending a lot of money at the federal level. We've had now three COVID stimulus uh, bills, I guess, go through. The last one was just the one saying, oh, we're just going to do the same thing that Trump did, but we're going to do it ourselves and expand everything even bigger so that way now everybody's totally taken care of. They've extended the unemployment benefits through September with the additional $300 a week for unemployment benefits because of COVID, which I find ironic. There was a story that ran locally here 
in the Wichita area just today that I read that showed that there were businesses, restaurants, bars, and nightclubs that can't get people to work for them now while they're starting to open back up because they're getting more money under unemployment than they are actually going back to work. Even the governor of the state of Kansas, Governor Laura Kelly, a Democrat who has been more reactionary and emotional and not the best governor of this during this whole pandemic, it, it tried to cite that while obviously she's very much a progressive promoting the progressive agenda of more social programs and more unemployment benefits and taking care of people through the government and all this nice thing. She even made a comment like, oh, yeah, my favorite subway station, my, my favorite subway restaurant right by the Capitol. They closed their doors because they couldn't get anybody to come work for them. And we're creating a team to start investigating and finding ways to help businesses get people back in their doors and actually get hired again. You know how you do that? is to cut the benefits for the unemployment because there are now massive amounts of jobs as businesses begin to reopen across the nation over the last year of COVID. But yet people are now making more money sitting at home than going back to work. Now, that's not the case for everybody. So don't say, Andy just hates people and thinks they're all lazy. That's not the case. But a lot of them now are saying, wait a second, I'm just going to ride through this until those benefits go away. And then I'll go back to work because... Honestly, who wouldn't if you're making more money that way? To talk about all this and more, uh, I'm excited to have on the program. He's the chief editor of the Morgan Report, also co-author of the book Second Chance, How to Make and Keep Big Money from the Coming Gold and Silver Shockwave. It's David Morgan with us here. David, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. Thank you. Hey, well, I appreciate you coming on the program very much. This is a crazy time right now. We have all these extension of unemployment benefits that cost us $1.9 trillion, which, by the way, put our national deficit for the first six months of the year at a record level of $3 trillion. Now we're looking at an additional $3 trillion infrastructure plan. We're talking about massive tax increases. This stuff is not going to go away. How the heck are we going to get out of this hole? We're not. We're going to print our way out and we're going to destroy the currency. That's the inevitability. It's mathematically impossible to pay the debt back, and that's on the current accounts. The $28 trillion that we look at is the current account. That's what you owe like next month. That's not accounting for uh, long-term liabilities like Social Security or pensions for the military or Medicare, Medi-Cal, these type of things that are longer term that aren't really accounted for in the current budget. On top of that, uh, Professor Skidmore uh, did a study on what the black ops have done with uh, with money, and they showed another $20 trillion has been uh, used or borrowed, let's say, into existence that doesn't show up on the book. So we are in a world of hurt. We're going to pretend everything is okay until we destroy the last vestiges of hope in a, in a monetary system that stopped working a long time ago. That's terrifying. When is that point? At what point can we not sustain this any longer? It's got to be getting close. We're close. No one knows the answer. I would guess two to three years. And I want to be very clear that especially in advanced capital markets like the United States, especially when it's reserve currency in the world, will the dollar go to zero and will everybody give up on the answers? No. There will be the overused word reset and there'll be a new monetary system just like Bretton Woods after World War II. And we're seeing that push right now with what's right now termed the Fed coin. So it's going to be a central bank digital currency. It'll be probably nation state status at the beginning. It could be world uh, later on. We don't know. What we do know is it's going to be a cashless system where everything is at point of sale. So you are traced, tracked, and taxed every time you do anything. You can't do a garage sale without it going over 
the um, over the internet where the government has a nice look at what you've done. You can't pay the you know lawn boy that comes and mows the lawn every other weekend with cash. It's not going to exist. That's the push. They also want it unpacked at this time, and that's from uh, Mr. Carney, that was the uh, Bank of England. He's no longer that, but at the time he was, he said the same speech basically at the United Nations. He said it at uh, Jackson Hole, Wyoming for the Fed, and um, one other place, I think one of the big banker meetings, oh yeah, it was the World Economic Forum, formerly known as Davos, said the same thing. We want MMT, modern money theory, we can print to oblivion. We want it unbacked. We don't want anything tied to it like gold or silver. We also want to have anonymity. We just move it uh, however we want. We don't have to tell you how much we're printing. And life is wonderful as long as we stay in charge, we stay in control. So that's what they want. Is that going to be what we get? The answer is probably not. But we also have an opportunity here to stand up and look toward uh, opportunities that let us take care of our own personal finances. And if enough of us did that, we would definitely have some pushback. There's nothing more powerful than voting with your quote unquote dollars. Yeah. Well, that's very true. I mean, I, you're, you're scaring me because I don't like digital currency. I've yet to get into the whole Bitcoin thing. I'm not a, because of that exact uh, movement of everything being digital government tracking everything you want. You can't have a garage sale. You can't just, oh, hey, you know, I'm going to sell you 10 bucks on Facebook market, some old, you know, baby clothes to somebody. I mean, you can't do that now without them tracking and trying to tax that, which I know it's coming soon. Who's and I want to get to that stuff in a second here. Who's holding all of our debt and will there be repercussions there? I hear the story that China is like one of our biggest buyers of all of our debt. Is that going to come back to bite us in the end of all this? It will, and yes, it's varied. I mean, of course, in the in the huge bond market, it's big players, it's nation states, as you say, it's China, but it's also you know savers. I mean, people that save ten thousand dollars will buy a T bill, short term uh, treasury bill, or maybe a two year note or a five year note. So you know, the public owns some of the debt. There's no doubt about that. But the big holders, yes, are nation states, and we'll come back to haunt us. I think is the more important question, and the answer is yes. So as the currency crisis unravels further, the people that own the most debt, such as China, will say these dollars are being devalued. They are not going to be worth as much tomorrow as they are today. I'm going to spend them. And they will come back. It's called repudiation of the debt. They'll come back into the United States and they'll buy Ford Motor Company, GM, IBM. I mean, I'm joking, but I'm not. They'll buy anything of value that they can find that someone's willing to exchange dollars for. Sure. And that's the beginning of the end. And of course, you know, we made, you know, we printed the money. We are the ones that uh, said, here, we're going to send you this more or less worthless paper. And you send us all those manufactured goods and our iPhones and everything else that's manufactured in China and send it over here. Or we're sending you this paper in exchange for it. Well, then the tide gets reversed. We're going to send you this worthless paper and we're going to take some hard bits for it. So that that day is coming, and I don't think, again, it's too far away. Is it two or three years away? I don't know. I doubt it's five. I really do believe, looking at monetary history, we're in the acceleration phase, the exponential phase. We're at that point when you put that one drop of water in Yankee Stadium, and it doubles to two <laughs> drops of water a minute later, and then a minute later, it's four drops of water. You hardly even notice it. Right. What people don't understand is when it's one quarter full, 
or one third for whatever, that there's only a couple minutes left because there's two thirds of the stadium that's still, you know, you breathe in air, you just moved up a few seats, everything looks good. But then it doubles from there, and all of a sudden you're drowning a minute later. That's an exponential function, and that's what we're facing in the money supply. And that's when the currency goes to basically zero. Will it get there? No. They'll introduce some type of remedy. The governments will come out with this crisis. They will try to control interest rates. They'll try to have capital controls to prevent you from moving money out of the country. They may put up a blockade against China moving uh, too much money into the country. A lot of things are unpredictable. I've seen it before. It's a cycle that happens. It's just never been a worldwide phenomenon of this scale. Right. We are at a scale that's never been seen in history. And it's if you understand what's going on, it is scary, to be quite frank about it. It is very scary. Yeah, we're talking with David Morgan, uh, The Morgan Report. You can find him online at themorganreport.com. Also, co-author of the book, Second Chance, How to Make and Keep Big Money from the Coming Gold and Silver Shockwave. Uh, and we got just about a minute or so left here, so let's talk about gold and silver. Is that going to be the savior for those that don't go down this road? Are we going to go back to a barter system? And is gold and silver going to be the hard gold and silver we have in our vault at home uh, under our basement? and under our mattress. Is that what's going to be the saving grace for many? Possibly will be, especially if you're required to come into the new system. There could be outliers that do not want to do it and will stay outside the system and use the gold and silver as barter. Is that an extreme case? Yes, I do think in extremes. Am I predicting that? No, I'm not. What I'm suggesting is that in the system that exists, and hopefully it'll come around to something that's viable for everybody, and it's not determined yet. So we do have a vote, more or less. We could see uh, gold and silver tied to the new system. I doubt it, as I just outlined. But it's a way to preserve your capital as things unravel further. It's a 5,000-year-old history of being valuable. So you want to put some, not all, of your current savings into the precious metals. You don't have to go overboard. You just need a little to protect a lot of risk that exists. I love it. David Morgan, The Morgan Report. You can find him online at themorganreport.com. Also, Second Chance is the book. Make sure and go and check that out on Amazon and other places as well. David, you're a plethora of knowledge, especially with this stuff. I appreciate the time. Let's do this again real soon. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure to be with you. Hey, always good to chat with you. We'll get you back on the show again here real soon. How scary. Then we talk about what we'll get into in the next segment, the student loan forgiveness that now is being pushed, $50,000 per individual. What the heck, man? And how's that going to do? Is that going to be pushing us to the brink? We'll talk about some of that and more. Plus, we'll get your thoughts on it as well. Wrapping up today for a Super Tuesday, the post-Monday celebration here on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back, and we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? 
because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Good golly, is it almost over already? Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Tuesday. Thanks again to David Morgan coming on the show. Great information and extremely disturbing information all at the same time. Just imagine what they're trying to do. Push us past that brink. And it makes sense. It's not going to be like some, I guess, maybe the doomsdayers, which I guess you consider me a kind of doomsday. I want to be prepared. Boy Scout model, baby, be prepared. I'd rather be prepared for something that never happens and be totally cool with that. But it would make sense as we get closer and closer to that brink. Look, you cannot sustain the spending that they want to do. You just can't do it. They want to. There used to be a cap back in the day, and we've just kind of gone to the wayside and ignore it and put on the blinders uh, really the last few years. But they used to cap to where you could only have the government be allowed to spend anywhere from like 15 or 16, 17, 18% of the GDP. Meaning as the private sector grows the economy and actually, you know, creates jobs and creates products and people and the consumers buy the product and how much growth of a economic growth we actually see in the nation, the government is only allowed to take a certain percentage of that around 15 to 20 percent. I think now it's like 26 or 30 percent and even more than that, probably. And they're allowed to use that to be able to take in and consume for the federal government for them to use for the government programs. That's not the case anymore. We just go as far as we possibly can. And it started all the way back when we've always had to deal with economic and budgetary issues at the federal level. But under the Obama era, is when we really started to really change it from doing the the appropriations process, which you've heard me talk about it before. If you haven't, there are 12 appropriations bills within our federal budget. There's the mandatory and the non-mandatory spending or discretionary spending in our federal budget. The mandatory spending is what's killing us every year because you're not allowed to touch it. The Social Security, the Medicare, Medicaid, the social programs, you're not allowed to touch it. It grows exponentially, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6% every single year. It grows just that way. And if you try to talk about cutting it, and say, not even cutting it, but slowing the growth, it's growing at a 6% rate year over year. I want to slim that down to 2% growth year over year so we don't actually go bankrupt. And then the Democrats come out and just lose their mind saying that you're just trying to kill old people and you want them dying in the streets. When you're not even cutting the program, you just want to slow the growth of the program. Then we have the discretionary spending. That's the stuff that we have to look at every single year, which, by the way, includes the military. 
which I find ironic because the military is probably one of the few things the Constitution says that we're actually allowed to spend money on at the federal level for national defense and foreign policy issues that should be part of the mandatory. But it's not. Just take it as it is. That's not the point of the discussion for right now. Under the discretionary spending, we have 12 different appropriations bills on certain topical issues. And ideally, Congress, the House of Representatives specifically, is supposed to sit down and look at each one of these appropriations bills, all 12 of them, and look at what's doing well, what programs aren't doing well, what we can put more money into, what we can take money away from, and you pass each appropriations bill individually that all of that consumes into one discretionary spending package. That's the way our federal budget's supposed to work. Rewind back to the Obama era, we stopped doing that. We haven't passed an official federal budget since the Obama era. Think about that for a second, because every single year since Barack Obama has been into office, we have passed the omnibus bills, where we just pass a big one lump sum bill that's not a federal budget technically. It's just a massive spending bill to continuation of spending with added money thrown in for new programs and everything else that we're not allowed to see because we take the Democrat approach of we need to pass it to see what's in it. Since then, we don't pass a federal budget. We pass this massive omnibus bill that just says we're allowed to continue spending uh, for another year, and they throw all this money into it, and we've done that since Barack Obama. That's where the point that we're at. Now we're getting into 2020 and 2021 where we're passing these COVID relief bills and now a potentially $3 trillion economic stimulus plan where this is not the omnibus bill that continues spending. This is on top of the omnibus spending bills that we do that's around September, October, the time of the federal budget is due to continuation of those plans. But on top of that, that's already driving us bankrupt, We now have COVID bills that are trillions of dollars in debt. We now have a $3 trillion package that's going to bankrupt us there. Now we're talking about an executive order, not even going through Congress, an executive order that Pocahontas herself, Elizabeth Warren, is pushing for Joe Biden to sign to write off up to $50,000 worth of student loan debt, which we'll get into tomorrow because we're out of time today. But imagine what that would do on top of what everything else is going on budgetary-wise. And it makes sense that we're not going to have a massive reset and a failure of the system. It's going to be a, well, this one's failed. Let's transition to a new one. And then we can hit the reset button in that sense. We'll wipe the slate clean. We'll start over with a digital currency. But by the way, that digital currency will track you. We'll know exactly what you spend money on. You can't have a garage sale. You can't pay the gardener. You can't buy a gun from your neighbor across the street. You can't do any because we will watch exactly what you do. And all transactions need to be done to the digital currency that we will track you on. And that's what they want. That's why they're pushing the federal budget to implode so badly. That does for us today. Podcast up in a little bit. Until then, back at it tomorrow for a Wednesday. Everybody have a wonderful Tuesday afternoon. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. 
Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.